the more we see these, it's, it's a call to really just be more aware, isn't it? Because these people that do want to harm our kids, they're always looking for the path of least resistance. And I get it. They want to minister. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to have the youth groups and, and everything going. Not everybody that wants to volunteer is exactly who they say they are. And now, The Safety Zone. Welcome to another episode of The Safety Zone. I'm Melinda, and I'm here today with Mike McCarty, CEO of Safe Hiring Solutions. And Mike, we are amazingly in spring, heading towards summer. And with that, of course, it's a COVID update for all those listening. A lot of states are starting to open up. We're starting to see as more people are vaccinated, more movement happening in that respect. And so churches are one of those groups that are opening up and we're seeing them, I know in my own state, not restricted in terms of their attendance, still wearing masks, at least for us, but a lot of them really looking to the fall to open up programs, to get those in-person Bible studies and home groups and children's ministry programs going. So we're going to talk today because you do something that I just think is fantastic and so unique, and it's called Church Security Camp. And I think this is a prime time as churches are looking, praying and looking for opening up and getting normalcy back and getting all of these programs off the ground, where they fit in in terms of what is your church security camp and just kind of share with our listeners, because I, I think pastors would be very intrigued by this. Yeah, absolutely. Melinda. So we started talking about this about a month ago and really throughout COVID, we talked about converting security camp to a virtual event. I'll be honest with you, I'm a little zoomed out myself. Yes, yes. (laughs) We've participated in a lot of virtual events, and I've spoken a lot virtually where you record your presentation and then people can digest it. I think there's some advantage to that, right? Clearly, I don't have to get in my car. I can do it at my desk. But I think, to me, I think people are kind of hungry for a little bit of relational, getting back together, doing it wisely, Mm -hmm. but... Being able to be in a room. And I mean, there's things you miss when you're not in a room. There's things that work well via Zoom. I can see you right now as we're talking and facial expressions. But there's a lot of things that I can't see as a presenter. And I can't pick up on body language or people. I'm putting them to sleep. There's just a lot that you miss being in a room together. It's hard. It's hard to interact. My presentation style is less of a speaking with no interaction. Mine is much more engaging in terms of I want responses. I'm throwing questions. I want people to... It's hard to see on a Zoom if once you step on somebody's toes is trying to speak at the same time, it, then other people don't speak. And Exactly. So, so what we're doing right now is prepping for potentially a couple locations, a couple states, one here in Indiana. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're at. And we have seen really, really lowering numbers of COVID. Mask mandate went away today. That doesn't mean individual companies and organizations, they still can have their own policies about whether or not you wear one. But things are starting to open up. So we're looking at the fall, probably sometime around September to launch Mm -hmm. this first security camp for church and ministry. And so people understand the premise, of course, is training about security in your church. And before we get into the the details, Mike, of what you do with this camp itself, share with us what the concerns are, why you do this, 
And in particular, having spent a year, most of us, in some form of of lockdown, and I know for pastors especially, not doing church at all in the normal sense. Yes, online, and, and online has been a blessing. They've brought in new people. But understanding, if anyone's relational, it's churches, right? And so they're itching, right, rightly so, to get back into in person, not only the services, which many are rolling into, but, but, you know, the children's ministries, the youth groups, the women's ministries, men's ministries, because it is important to have that personal connection and for everybody to be together doing stuff. But do you see any issues because everyone's been shut down? Everyone's going to want to really roll back into normalcy very quickly. Any problems with that? Or should I say any anything that concerns you? It's a great question. And I think what's interesting is I kind of pausing here because I, I want to say that I'm a huge fan of Major League Baseball. I'm, <laughs> I don't want to get political here, but a little less yeah. than excited to see their lightweight response to political issues. I don't really look to Major League Baseball to provide me any kind of political insight. Right. Anyway, I did see <laughs> opening day in one state. Zero restrictions, 40,000 fans potentially coming. And I'll be honest with you. I think I've never fallen on the side of pure fear. And I've taken this pandemic seriously. I've made sure my parents in their mid-70s took this pandemic seriously. It was less likely to be a lethal event for me and my and much less for my children so i've had really good balance with how we've approached it but i don't think you just jump into the middle of the ocean i think right. people mentally need to kind of segue back into it right so those yeah. policies of 50% for a while and 70 and just kind of slowly get things opened up are good policies but i think when we look at the security camp really the foundation for security camp is similar but dissimilar to what we've done in the past it's similar in that when you register we're asking you questions and some of the questions can be as simple as from a security perspective you're a pastor you're a director of security what keeps you up at night give mm -hmm. us three things that keep you up at night and then what we do is we aggregate those responses and then we create table talks. And so it's not just one person speaking and lecturing all day. You're going to get kind of high impact, fast moving, 35, 40 minute presentations. And then the afternoon sessions are going to be guided discussions with these experts and leaders based on some of the responses that you provided. Where we're taking maybe a slight turn right now is this last 12 months has really created the potential for a perfect storm. And I know, Melinda, we've talked about this kind of a lot. And what I mean by this perfect storm is we've had this social isolation. So we've seen domestic violence go through the ceiling. We had Laura Berry on the last podcast talking about these numbers in Indiana, the fatalities of, from domestic violence were up, I think, 130%. You've got child abuse that's gone sky high because it can. They're locked up. They're at home. Nobody sees them. You've got all of these things, mental health, suicide, way up. And now all of a sudden, we're going to open up as a church and a ministry, and all of that's coming back to church. And it was there before. Yes. But now it's at 
really high levels. But the thing that frightens me even beyond just those mental health and crimes that are being committed is we've lost potentially a lot of volunteers that either like to watch church in their pajamas or they're in an age group where they're still not comfortable coming back. So what's going to happen, and I see this, and I've seen this for 17 years as the owner of Safe Hiring doing background checks and vetting, when people, organizations, public, private, non-for-profit, for-profit, school, not, whenever they need people desperately, they cut corners. Yes. And so it's going to be the perfect time to cut corners, to get people into places that shouldn't be in those places. And then you're going to start to see the outcome of that down the road. So for us, that's kind of going to be the foundation of church security camp is just, let's talk about this perfect storm. How do we address this perfect storm? How do we open up? How do we backfill positions and keep everybody safe? Not just from COVID. We may have forgotten about all the other things we've been doing that we need to do to keep people safe. Well, I think you just totally hit the nail on the head because I, like you said, just recently we went to for Easter family function. And, and my daughter has, has really struggled with a lot of anxiety through COVID. So she's she's doing long distance learning. She's been at home. And it was interesting. We were driving back from uh, our family's house and we you know hadn't done that in quite a while. And she said, you know, I started to feel anxious just being around a bunch of people. And I thought that was interesting. And then I thought, you're going to have issues like this of People aren't just necessarily going to snap. Some some will. Some will go mm-hmm. right back and be fine. But there's a reality there that you are going to have people that it might be awkward at first and just in that sense. But on the other side of the coin, the volunteerism. And I tell you, even in my own church, <laughs> they're planning small groups, you know, community groups. And I was asked to lead one. And, and I said, well, sure. When is it going to start? Well, we'd like to start next week and on Zoom. <laughs> carry over, you don't fall. But I thought they're down in volunteers because when you've been doing all of this for the most part via Zoom and even opened partially here and there, like you said, you've got a huge base of people that have been relied upon that may not be totally back yet or may not be interested in doing that. And I'm already seeing just within some of the churches that I know, kind of a desperation for fall and for volunteerism. And I think it's important for what you're doing and really helping pastors. I know, and I get it. They want to minister. They want to get back to normal. They want to be able to have the youth groups and, and everything going. And again, of course, rightly so. But I just feel like this is a platform for them to understand. You got to be careful to not just grab people that you're not as familiar with or to put new people in that haven't done it before, correct? No, absolutely. A basic policy that is kind of universal is you need to be in the church six months before you ever volunteer, volunteer with children. Why is that? Because I don't know you on a piece of paper, okay? Mm -hmm. We all say great things, but not everybody that wants to volunteer is exactly who they say they are. And sometimes it doesn't mean they're going to hurt our children, okay? It doesn't mean everybody's a boogeyman. They're going to sexually abuse our child. Sometimes they may have stuff in their own life. They're going through a divorce. And I'm not making a judgment about going through a divorce. What I'm saying is it may not be the season to be volunteering because you've got this extra layer of emotional distress in your life already, and you just need to deal with your own personal life 
move past that, heal, and then it's maybe the right season. But I think it's a natural inclination is just get somebody in there, somebody to help. And what that does is it opens up a door for somebody to walk through because these people that do want to harm our kids, they're always looking for the path of least resistance. So Mike, what advice would you give to pastors who understandably, again, so they want to roll everything out. They want to get out, which again, is not a certainly not a bad thing, but they may be experiencing a volunteerism drop or not having what they had before. So just in terms of keeping their ministry safe and what they need to do, what what do you advise? What are the concerns you have? Yeah, we want to make sure we don't move away from policies we've had in place from before COVID. And uh, let me give you an example. Our public schools have, in most places, have been open or opening back up a lot of times long before the churches in those communities opened up. And what we've seen in those schools all across the United States is they have really taken policies that they put in place for active shooter and pushed them aside Mm. because they're so focused and tunneled in on COVID. Policies like not closing doors to a classroom during class time. We know from Parkland that shooter goes past every locked or closed door. So he's not stopping trying to get in. Now we got him open for ventilation. It raises risk. In the church environment, my concern is universally all insurance companies are going to tell you if they insure you, All volunteers need to wait six months. You need to know them. You don't know everybody that's coming in your doors. People that come in immediately want to volunteer. Awesome. However, we have a policy. And the policy is we want to get to know you a little bit. And not only because you might hurt our kids. Not everybody's the boogeyman, right? Mm -hmm. But you might be going through something in your life. You might be going through a divorce. And not that people that have had divorce can't volunteer. They absolutely can but maybe not in the middle of that because there's a lot of emotional things that are right. happening. They have other stuff going on. And other they, stuff not going gonna, on. They're not going to be in the mode that they need to be in. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Security teams. If we lost security team members, and there's kind of two categories of security teams when I look at a church. You've got kind of a the main security team, and these are folks that are floating. They may be around the front doors. They're in different places. And then we have some of our team come out of the Secret Service, so we help train very specialized security team members. These might be a team in a larger church that might encompass three or four that are only tasked with keeping the pastor and his or her family safe. Mm. They are the secret service for pastors. They are there when visiting pastors come in. They have plans in place for Mm. evacuation. Could the children of a high-profile pastor be targeted? Let's be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those type of team members, Mm -hmm. they don't apply to become team members. We recruit them. We go after the people we want. Because there's a lot of people that would want to do that. And not always for nefarious reasons, but they just may not be a good fit for that. So that's my big caution as we kind of move forward is make sure we're not rescinding policies that we have been building for years because of the pandemic. 
The pandemic is something we have to manage and deal with. And as we open and be safe, but we also cannot forget that there are other risks and even greater risks to our children than just the pandemic. Exactly. And it's better to err um, on the side of caution, correct? Versus full barreling ahead and trying to cut corners. And it may be you back out, right? Like I don't have enough people right now to offer everything I was offering before. And so because of that, I may just instead of trying to staff it up with people I don't know, because let's be honest, one bad placement and that person harms a child it could potentially, not only is it going to destroy that child, potentially that child's faith, that family's faith, but it also is going to have a major impact on your ministry, major impact. And so it cannot be, we can't risk that just because we're in a position where we really have to get people in positions because we're understaffed. Yes, and we've said this on many of our podcasts, and and in case people wonder, it's like, oh, you know, why why do you highlight some of this bad news, some of the cases of what you just said that took one case that just destroyed a ministry, and and of course destroyed the the people and the faith, and we mention these and we bring these about because we need to be understanding of the reality of the situation and that the church is not exempt from these things. And the more we see these, it's, it's, it's a call to really just be more aware, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and a lot of what we want to, you know, do is make sure that we've made the right selections, but then that they're well-trained mm-hmm. and that they understand what their role is as a volunteer and things to empower them to be a protector of the kids, the church, the ministry. And so there's a lot that goes into taking somebody who has never volunteered before and getting them fully equipped. And so we've created a lot of these opportunities to be done virtually, because I think that is one thing we learn. You can do things virtually. And so it doesn't mean that you, you should not have any kind of youth programming and we already see the camps. We're talking to many of the Christian camps that are prepping for opening. They're going to have camps this summer. Some of them are going to be at 50%. Some are going to be at 70%. I've yet to hear one say they're going to be at 100%, but they're going to be open. Kids are coming. Who's going to be there? Who are our staff members? How have they been vetted? How have they been trained? We can't just backfill positions that have overnight continuous contact just because we have to have a warm body there. Yes, absolutely. And we, of course, have seen a case recently about church camps. And uh, it's sometimes hard to hear. But the reality is, and we know, of course, as people of faith, that the truth sets you free. And, and the truth isn't always a pleasant thing. But it's just in, in understanding that we're not in a bubble and that these things can and indeed do happen in places of faith and churches and camps. And so we're just, we're wanting to protect. And, and so this church security camp that you do, Mike, I just think is a fantastic idea. How would a pastor get involved in something like that? How would they, yeah, this, the one you're doing coming up is going to be in person, correct? 
Correct. Yeah, we're planning to do these in-person live events. We just feel like there's a lot more to be gained together. I think we may look at a one-day format. We have done them one day or two day, but we'll probably look at a one-day format and it will be just a a combination of different experts. So we'll have different tracks. It, it could be understanding how to do background screening. How are you training your volunteers? Red flags, predatory behaviors, grooming. What does that look like? Paul on our team comes out of the Secret Service. He looks at things very differently. How do you secure facilities and behavior and what are you seeing? So if I'm on a security team, what are some things that I might see when somebody's walking in? They're sweating. They're acting odd. Could be a health issue, but it could be where I, I come up to them and I'm going to interact with them, right? Mm-hmm. How you doing? How can I help you? I'm trying to learn what's going on here. So we'll have some experts that understand behaviors. We're going to talk about how de-escalation. How do you take a situation and de-escalate that situation? So the tracks will run a myriad of different opportunities for learning, and they'll be very engaging. Some of them will be tabletop discussions, and you'll have experts that help drive the discussions. But a lot of times you're going to hear things from your colleagues in different churches. Well, here's what we're doing over here. We started this last year. Mm -hmm. And so there's such a benefit to being in the room in these guided discussions about not recreating the wheel, right. but understanding who's got a wheel that's well greased and working well. Exactly. And we want to model after you. Exactly. Where the peers can, you can glean from what other churches are doing, look at models and examples of what's worked and what hasn't. And how, Mike, just as we finish up here with the podcast today, how would a pastor or a church member that's listening to this podcast and it's like, No, that's interesting. I know you said you're going to be starting in Indiana, but for those that are in drivable distance, but even for the foreseeable future, I know you're going to do some others in different locations as well. Who should they contact? How should they get a hold of someone? Yeah, really the easiest way, you can go on our website, safehiringsolutions.com, fill out a contact us form, or just simply send an email to sales at safehiringsolutions.com and just put in that email, hey, add me to your church email list. And when we start to market the church security camps, then you'll be on that list. We do not inundate you with information. We are not hardcore salesmen. If you get one email a month, that'll probably be the (laughs) maximum amount. And a lot of times it's all information. Here's a podcast. Here's a webinar. So it's more informational. Right. Well, we appreciate it, Mike. I I think the idea is fantastic. But I also think as we're seeing the opening up, and I know church is really looking towards fall and bringing their programs back, that's really the right time to look at these issues. And amen. So we can get things going and, and get stuff back to normal. Of course, everybody wants that, but we just want to do it safely. So thank you again, Mike, for being with us and, and sharing with us about this. And we look forward to another episode. Awesome. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Safe Ministry Solutions, which offers a 360 security solution that keeps your church, your congregation, and your ministry safe.